Many of the world's lakes are in trouble. That story and more on H2O Radio's weekly news report. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin, and it's This Week in Water. Nearly the entire U.S. West is experiencing some level of drought, and more than a quarter is an exceptional drought, the highest level of dryness on the federal government's tracking monitor. In California, the snowpack, a crucial source of water for the state, was at 0% of average for June 1st after an historically dry winter. Levels of more than 1,500 reservoirs are 50% lower than normal for this time of year. In Utah, Governor Spencer Cox asked residents to join him in a weekend of prayer for more rain. In Nevada, water levels have dropped so drastically in Lake Mead on the Colorado River that officials are preparing for major reductions in deliveries next year. In Oregon, some landowners have talked about taking matters into their own hands and forcibly opening irrigation gates closed due to the water crisis. The Biden administration suspended oil and gas leases in Alaska's National Wildlife Refuge last week, reversing Trump's decision to make parts of the pristine area available for fossil fuel and mineral development. However, the Biden administration is supporting the Willow Project by the oil giant ConocoPhillips on Alaska's North Slope, which could damage another sensitive Arctic landscape. Alaska has warmed more than twice as fast as the rest of the U.S. since 1960, and burning oil from Willow may lead to the release of greenhouse gases in an amount equivalent to more than 60 coal-fired power plants. The administration declined to explain how its position on the Willow Project project is consistent with its climate change policy. One irony of the willow development is that ConocoPhillips will have to install chillers into the permafrost, which is fast melting because of climate change, to keep it solid enough to support the equipment to drill for oil, the burning of which will continue to worsen ice melt. Research has shown that the world's oceans are losing oxygen because of the climate crisis and increased runoff from agriculture. The combination is creating dead zones that have dire consequences for marine life. But now a new study shows that freshwater lakes are losing oxygen too, and at a rate three to nine times faster than the oceans over the past 40 years. It's an alarming trend that could threaten aquatic life and drinking water supplies. A team of researchers led by Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute looked at dissolved oxygen from nearly 400 lakes around the globe and found that it fell by just under 6% in surface waters and three times that at lower depths. Global warming is the main cause because the amount of oxygen that water can hold goes down as it heats up. In addition, when the top layers of lakes get hotter than deep water, natural mixing is reduced and oxygen supply to the aquatic life near the bottom falls. The declining oxygen levels have serious implications for ecosystems because although lakes make up only about 3% of Earth's land surface, they contain a high concentration of the planet's biodiversity. Also, as oxygen levels drop, the number of methane-emitting bacteria increases, releasing greenhouse gases and creating a loop where global warming is perpetuated. 
For 10,000 years, a small tribe of Native Americans lived on an island off the coast of Maine. In 1794, Pine Island was formally recognized as Passamaquoddy land in a treaty by the state of Massachusetts for their contributions during the Revolutionary War. But when Maine became a state, the treaty was voided and the tribe was effectively evicted. However, earlier this year, the Passamaquoddy bought the island back for $355,000 using money raised from conservation charities. The Guardian reports that the reclaiming of Pine Island is the latest success in the land back campaign by U.S. indigenous groups in response to the loss of 1.5 billion acres since 1776. Last July, the Esalen people of Central California purchased about two square miles of their land and in 2019, the Wiat tribe won back the 280-acre Dulawat Island in Northern California when the city of Eureka returned it for free. And finally, elephants' trunks are iconic. No other land animal on Earth has a similar long, boneless appendage strong enough to uproot trees, dexterous enough to paint with a paintbrush, and possessing a better sense of smell than dogs. Despite being ubiquitous in popular culture, scientists know very little about the trunk's anatomy. So Andrew Schultz, a PhD student at Georgia Tech, set out to learn more. Using high-speed video, he was able to understand how an elephant's respiratory system gives the animals extraordinary inhalation abilities. Schultz watched a pachyderm from the Atlanta Zoo suck up nearly a gallon of water in one and a half seconds, which meant it was drawing in air at a rate of 330 miles per hour, the equivalent of a bullet train, and 30 times faster than a human sneeze. Because the amount of liquid seemed like more than the trunk could hold, Schultz used ultrasound imaging to reveal that the nostrils were dilating to expand its total volume by 64 percent. Schultz says, contrary to popular belief, the trunk does not act like a straw. Rather, elephants store water there to drink later through their mouths or to spray on themselves to cool off. So, essentially, an elephant's trunk is a trunk. That's it for this week in water. We'll see you next time.